0: for the remission of all of their sins. Praise God. Um, Two of those men came up and they, they had received the Holy Ghost but came out of that water speaking in other tongues, just fluent in Jesus' name. I mean, it was just flowing out of them in Jesus' name. And what a powerful testimony. What a powerful testimony. In Jesus' name. And Carlos, my good friend, you're you're right there. Praise God. We, uh, Brother Fitzner detected that there was some stammering lips there, and I felt the presence of the Lord in a powerful way. And you got up and began to worship the Lord. So, brother, just, just let it come out of you. Let those rivers of living water come out of you. In Jesus' name. And Chris, the same for you. You're going to get the Holy Ghost because it's a promise. Praise God. Repeat with me. Repent. Be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why? For the promise is unto you, unto your children, unto them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And we know and have a powerful testimony that God is still calling people today to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Jesus' name, what a, what again, what a powerful testimony in Jesus' name. Here in just a few minutes, I'm going to engage you, those of you at home, and we have a few people here at the church, we're going to, I'm going to engage you in prayer in Jesus' name. I was pointing out to Brother Fitzner, well, maybe it was Brother uh, Mike today, that Paul said um, in the book of Corinthians, chapter 16, you don't have to turn there, but he made reference to the fact that for some reason he wanted to get you know, to Ephesus for Pentecost and, and there was something he needed to do, but he mentioned the fact that was there, there was a great door and effectual opened unto him. And he said, with that, he said, there are many adversaries. Now, I don't want to elevate adversaries, but we must expect that. And I personally, with the help of the Lord, have been expecting some issues and situations to rise in the church. Um, And just because of the situation that's at hand. I'm not getting you nervous. I don't want you to get all worked up. I just tonight we're going to take authority over it in Jesus name because that's what we need to do. And I'm going to encourage you at home right there that you take authority over these things in the name of Jesus. In the Bible, it talks about uh, uh, sometimes analogies are brought forth, and and I, I believe analogies are 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 helpful so that you and I can understand really sometimes the intensity of what it is, and sometimes through description we can we can we can get that. Uh, Jesus used analogies when he when he taught in parables. There were times that he would use things that everybody could understand, you know, and and purposely. And um, I understand it. There were there were hidden things sometimes. Times, but on the most part, I believe that God wants us to understand what's going on. In the 20th chapter of the book of Acts, Paul, on his way back, and he, um, you know, he knew that there were things that were going to come into his life. That, and I don't know if he was fully aware of all of that was going to happen. You know, the prison and 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 so on and so forth. But he did know that that he was on his way back to a situation that that he might not see these people again. And in chapter number 20 of Acts, that's where you, you have him bringing the elders out and, and it's kind of a, a ministers and, and wives convention, if I can put it that way. And he's, he's teaching them some things. He's telling them how um, uh, with serving the Lord with all humility of mind. And I'm going to mention that a little bit later on here. That is one of our weapons, folks. If we could ever learn that humility is not a bad thing, It is an absolute weapon that God has given to us that we can distinguish and we can um, um, overcome a lot of things through that avenue in Jesus' name. But he taught to this church in chapter number 20 these things. But then he said um, in verse 28, that's where I'm going to pick it up, he said, Take heed, therefore, he said, unto yourselves and to all the flock. Now he's talking mainly to leadership here and he's telling them that they need to be careful and and, 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 and watch over the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood and that is the truth amen you anybody that's in the ministry praise God we are not lords over God's flock amen we are under shepherds we are people that God puts in that position so he can contact us about what's going on and, and, and it's happened many 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 times in, during the ministry not only here but I remember back in Dubuque when I was um, the associate pastor there there were times when God God spoke to me about certain things in Jesus' name. But here's what I want you to see in verse 29. It says, for I know this. Paul says, you know, if there's, I I think if I could borrow the apostle, he'd say, man, if there's any way I could stop this, I'd do it. And I can identify with that. There was some way that I could put a bubble around everybody's home right now and just absolutely cement it in and make sure there was no demonic activity, nothing getting in there. I would do that. Now, I do what God calls me to do by by covering the people of this church, this county um, in Jesus' name, with the covering of the spirit, blood, and a prayer, and the shield of faith. And I do pronounce a hedge over people. I believe God has given me the authority to do that. Now, if you willingly open the door, that's your business. I can't stop you from doing that. But I'm praying that prayer on a regular basis. And the reason for this is verse 29. He says, For I know this that after my departing shall grievous you know savage that that has the indication that they're not going to have any mercy none that's what that's really referring to grievous wolves enter in among you sp- not sparing the flock now, you could take that and, and analyze that and use that analogy in a lot of different ways, and I'm certainly not here to tell you that I have the exhausting, the exhausting version of that. But I think part of this could be referred to demonic activity. And in particularly, sometimes demonic activity that the devil will employ us in. And that's why we must be careful. We must be very, very careful. Because I, I don't spare any... Any words when I'm praying? I did it this morning again. I commanded in the name of Jesus that the angels of the Lord would persecute these in Jesus' name. Now, I don't think I'm violating my authority here by doing that because of what the term is, grievous wolves. Wolves that are not going to spare anybody. And tonight, and especially this afternoon when I saw those dear brethren come out of that baptismal, my prayer tonight was, God, in the name of Jesus, just give them protection in the name of Jesus. Give them protection so that they can be fed and they can grow in the knowledge of the Lord in Jesus' name. And I pray those kind of prayers in Jesus' name. Incidentally, you should pray those kind of prayers over your children in Jesus' name. I mean it, in Jesus' name. There are factors out there, and I'm not trying to scare anybody tonight. I'm trying to inform you that there are things that will come against people in Jesus' name. One of them is accusations. And my goodness, my wife, wife and I have been victims of that. And I'm not here to cry in my root beer tonight. I'm just saying I recognize that kind of stuff. And I come against it in Jesus' name. And I believe tonight we can take authority in that area. But before we pray tonight, in the um, 25th chapter, of the book of Matthew, praise God. And of course, 24 and 25 of Matthew is uh, on the most part, referring to end times, events that are going to be happening in the end times. And its I've been studying those chapters for years, and I can't tell you that I, 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 I'm an expert on it. I just have become more and more informed. And, and one of the things that we see is that when Jesus comes back, there's going to be a separation. Praise God. Somebody had mentioned about this coronavirus and the idea that we have been challenged. And and some dear saint or, or some dear pastor's wife said that, you know, this is going to separate the wheat from the tares. You know, people that really have fruit in their life, it's going to really expose that. But unfortunately, like we heard last Sunday night in the tongues and the interpretation, something that will make some people stronger in the Lord. And I believe that. I believe people, there are people even in the midst of us that are becoming stronger because of the situation. And, and God knows that. That's why he doesn't, he doesn't take all of that stuff away from us. He allows it to happen. Amen. Because it will come to some good. And I believe the fruit will come to the surface. But as we heard last Sunday night in the tongues and interpretation, unfortunately, some people will grow weaker. And I'm not here to be the judge. I'm not here to say who. I'm just saying, praise God, that in this church we're going to do everything we can, praise God, to to help people, to be strong, and not to say that it's all on our shoulders. We're just agents of God. But praise God, I recognize that, and I want you to see this. Look at verse number 31 in the 25th chapter of Matthew. This is just a portion of these chapters that refers to things that are going to happen. He said, when, not if, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. Praise God. That is going to be an absolute awesome day to behold. What a spectacle. But look at what's going to happen, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he, he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And I believe to a certain sense that is happening even now as we speak, praise God. Now, I'm not going to be foolish enough to say that I never get affected by goat mentality. As I told you before, I believe that, that, the, uh, that, that a portion of those grievous wolves' um, uh, motives is demonically in, in, uh, brought forth. Amen. People giving in. I mean, the scripture says that in the last days, people will give in to doctrines of devils. People, just let me put it in a nutshell, people will listen to the devil. And that's unfortunate. The devil will not have to possess them. They are just listening to him and they become reagents of His. And that's sad. I hope that you will pray in your own life fiercely every day and say, God, I never, ever want to be used that way. That would be absolutely a huge, huge mistake. Amen. But there's a goat mentality that I don't think we can blame the devil. I think on the most part, I believe that the goat mentality is carnality. I believe it's us, our flesh. And sometimes we give in to that. Sometimes we listen to our desires, to what we think should happen. We allow these things to happen, and we must be very, very much aware of that. And I believe we can pray that we can pray against that. I did that this morning, not only for myself, but for this entire church. Praise God. because goats can't be fed, not what God wants to feed them. They're just going to be people that show up, and and yeah, they'll experience and they'll see things, and and praise God, I believe it can be helpful, but it's the sheep that are going to be fed. And that's what I want to become every day. I want to be a sheep. I want to be uh, um, uh, someone who can just come down and, and allow the Lord to feed me in Jesus' name. And I hope that's your attitude tonight. I really do, because that's what God wants to do. And so I feel like tonight we need to take this portion of time here, and we need to pray. We need to pray and ask the Lord to help us. Praise God. Those of you in your homes, you need to take authority over that, over that grievous wolf stuff. Amen. And just in the name of Jesus. Now listen, you got, God will give you that kind of authority for your family. Amen. And like, just like God gives me that kind of authority for this church right here. Amen. Amen. And so let's take that authority tonight. Let's pray in the Spirit. Let's be vigilant. Let's be absolute people that are watchful, praise God, and not allow those things to creep in in Jesus' name. I believe tonight God's going to expose some things, and I believe it's for your good and for my good in Jesus' name. And so let's pray right now. Let's take authority in the name of Jesus. Father, word. Right now, tonight, in the name of Jesus, I speak over those things that would be a part of the grievous wolves. That, Lord God, that they would be persecuted in Jesus' name. Those demonic powers, I take authority in the name of Jesus over them right now for Gillette, Wyoming amen the Rocky Mountain District and everywhere that you would allow me to be an influence in Jesus name Lord God let that exposure come forth let people understand and know exactly what's going on in the name of Jesus and God I believe tonight along with lots of other things you're giving us that power in the name of Jesus oh Rita yes in the name of Jesus God by the word of the spirit in the name of Jesus along with your word Lord God in the name of Jesus oh my Lord right now right now it's pushed back amen that Lord we repent we absolutely ask for your forgiveness that God we allow these goat mentalities to linger and we're not going to do that anymore let that stubbornness let that rebellion let those kind of things Lord God be gone in the name of Jesus with mercy and truth purge all the iniquity out of us Lord God in the name of Jesus even here tonight by the word of the Lord by the name of Jesus by the blood of the lamb by the name in Jesus name yes Lord God in the name of Jesus in Jesus' name, would you just lift your hands right now and give God praise? Come on, He's good to us, He warns us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. And that word has gone forth, it had and has free course. And it will accomplish that, praise God, in Jesus' name. And the Lord loves you, you must, and I must understand that, that God's motives are pure. God's motives are to protect and to love us, and to carry us unto this, to the end, in Jesus' name. God doesn't want any to be lost. In fact, the Bible says He's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. And what that means is an ongoing repentance. I'm going to have to face the music. That there are times when, you know, through ignorance or just through association, I'm going to allow some of those things to come in and maybe try to camp. and, And immediately we can take authority over that and we can be cleansed and we can be renewed and we can get a fresh, fresh perspective in Jesus' name. And that is God's will for you tonight in Jesus' name. You can go ahead and be seated again. Praise God. Amen. There is just an absolute special anointing of the Lord this weekend for, for, for these kinds of things. You can't go through the things that you and I are going to go through and expect that it's not going to tarnish us from time to time. That's not pessimism. That's Realism. You and I have been, have been under the gun. A lot of us have. We've been pressured. And, we're, and I'm not making excuses. I'm not feeling sorry for ourselves. I'm just trying to point out that these are the things that happen to us. And sometimes through that pressure, we can, you know, allow some things to seep in. And, and we don't have to let them stay. And as soon as God identifies those things in our life, please take the initiative Take the initiative that God has given you in the name of Jesus, praise God. In 2 Timothy chapter number 2, this is actually, you know, these, these two epistles, uh, First and 2 Timothy, a lot of the, um, the rhetoric here and, and the teaching is, is, is ministry-minded. I'm talking about the five-fold ministry, um, giftings, praise God. But I don't believe it, it can't be applied to saints at all, praise God, I believe it can, and I believe we must understand that. But in his teaching, praise God, um, you know, Paul says something here that I want you to see um, in Second Timothy 2 and, and starting in verse number Number 20. He says, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Amen. That's just going to happen. It says, and if a man, therefore, I believe that word could be interchangeable, if a person, therefore, purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. And that's what I'm wanting to be, praise God. Look at what it says, sanctified and meet. The word meet there could be replaced with the word useful, God wants us to be useful. He wants to purify us and use us for his use and prepared unto every good work. Praise God. And so God has that in store for you and I. Amen. Then he makes mention in verse 22, "...flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart." And that's why I'm, I'm wanting that. I, I don't want to call on the Lord with, with a tainted attitude. It says, but foolish and unlearned questions. There are some things that aren't going to lead you down a good path. I don't care what you think, you know. Um, unlearned questions, that's really, the word could be replaced with the very blunt word, ignorant. There are some stupid questions out there. And I'm not here to be the judge. I'm just saying I don't even want to go there. Why do I want to waste my time? Amen. Talking about God being able to create a rock he can't lift. That, in my opinion, is a very obvious example of that. That's an ignorant question. Praise God. And so we don't want to go there. It says avoid knowing that they do gender strifes. Amen. Amen. And so there are some things that, you know, we're going to have to battle, but there are some other things that we can just avoid. Say, I'm not going down that road. I'm not going to be a part of that conversation. I am not going to treat those people that way. I'm going to pray in Jesus' name. And then he refers to in verse 24 that the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. Boy, that's that's an ongoing lesson. There are times, man, when you really want to take a... And God says, no, you just just let me do that. You just be the gentle one. Amen. And then it talks about in meekness, instructing those. And look at this in verse 25. And this is what happens sometimes if people listen to grievous wolves. They begin to oppose themselves. Because that's what you do when you get involved in that type of thing. Is this going to come back to bite you? That whatever you're, you know, wanting to have happen to some other people, you know, is going to probably end up happening to you. And that's not, that's not good. Amen. And so in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God, pre-adventure or maybe, will give them repentance. You see, the answer to a lot of our dilemmas can come under the heading of repent. And then it says, we'll give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And here's what God would like to see happen. It says that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. See, there are some deep traps out there that God wants us to avoid in Jesus' name. What What do you think about the snare of the devil? Let me just... Um, expose a little bit of that in in the Old Testament. There's not a lot written about the devil, which (laughs) probably makes sense, but there's enough written that we can kind of gather some things that, you know, he got himself into trouble, you know, um, and, and it wasn't because of his good looks. It was because a lot of that stuff went to his head. Amen. One of those places... Is, um, is found in, in, um, in Isaiah. We reference to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah declares things to us. And in the 14th chapter, it does give us a little bit of an insight about the devil and what happened to him. Because remember what Timothy or what Paul told Timothy is don't fall into the trap of the devil. So apparently he fell into one. And let me show you one of the ones that he did. It says how in verse 12. 14, 12, this is Isaiah, 14, 12. It says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? It says, For thou hast said in thine heart. Now you're going to see a, 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 a stream of one lettered words that appear I. And listen to yourself. I, I don't listen to myself very often, but when I do listen to myself, that's one of the things I, I, I try to say, how many, times am I re- how, how many times is it about me? And boy, that one, that one can, can be an exposer. Because that's what he did. He said, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Uh, by the way, Mr. Devil, who gave you that right? right. Who do you think you are? See, what I'm showing you tonight are very obvious things. Very obvious. Should be things that it shouldn't take 30 seconds for us to figure it out. And I I believe that. I really do. And maybe if I have time tonight, I'll expose some of the not-so-obvious things. And those are the ones that I believe we need God's help in exposing to us. I believe God has done that tonight. Through our prayer I believe he's exposed some not so obvious um, in Jesus name brother for my wife's sake where am I supposed to be looking okay right in there okay hi mom (laughs) yeah I forget that you know and I get it when I get home believe me you know you look into the no she isn't she's very kind she's a lovely lady and by the way 40 years I couldn't have partnered up with a better 40-year plan Praise God. love. I love you, honey. You're the greatest. You really are. You really are. I wouldn't have wanted to be married to anybody else in Jesus' name. Praise God. I know it took you a while to, you know, to appreciate me, but not me. You were right there all the time. Uh, get, let me get back to preaching. Praise God. But there's this I stuff. I will sit also upon this, the mount of the congregation. I'm not quite sure what that meant, but it's Here he is in the sides of the north. Verse 14 says, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. So you see, there's some obvious issues there. you know, Because you and I, in the book of Isaiah, points out the fact there's only one God. None of us are going to ever become God. Amen. We can have God tendencies and God gives us that influence and that power. But friend, you and I are not God. And so we must... Understand, praise God, that God will put things in our life that will help us to combat these things. Because I got the Holy Ghost, you know, a long time ago, but I didn't get this stuff eradicated from my life. And that's not an excuse, that's just an awareness. Amen. I spoke this morning about being kingdom-minded. I really wanted to go that direction, but I just wasn't allowed, and so tonight I get the green light, and so I will. And being kingdom-minded isn't going to eliminate all the problems in my, my life, but it will help my attitude. That's what I have learned. If I can be kingdom-minded, it helps me to be quick to understand what would God do? How would he treat this? Where is he at in this matter? In Jesus' name. Somebody said success is what we look for, and I'm not saying that success is a bad word. I just believe it's one of those words that can be perverted, <laughs> I mean, we look at life and we look at some people that we think have, are successful, and I'm not saying they haven't achieved anything. But I'm saying to be kingdom-minded, that doesn't look like success in the kingdom of God to me. I mean, you end up with a couple of million dollars in a bank and, and nice cars and, and your house is all paid for and here it comes and it's your time to go to heaven or go to die. Uh. God's not going to say, well, man, you were rich. Let me give you a good seat down here. And I know I'm being a little bit facetious, but it's the the point. Let's, Let's understand that. Now, God doesn't say that, you know, if you have it, you're going to go to hell. It just says that you better be able to handle it if you do. And so success, in my opinion, let me give you three areas that I feel like would help us in a success. Praise God. The first area, in my opinion, if you want to be successful in the kingdom, is to love God. Jesus told us, remember that? He said, you know, simplifying the law, because the law could be quite complicated. Although I believe it was necessary, we needed to cover all those bases. But Jesus said the simple form of of this is to start learning how to love God with all of your heart soul mind and strength and so this is what you and I have to work on every day Amen. If we want to be successful and be kingdom-minded, we have to learn to love God. Now, we have some tremendous help because I mentioned it this morning. The first five verses of the fifth chapter of Romans gives us a little path, you know, by faith, you know, righteousness. and, And tribulation is even working good things in our life. You know, it brings patience and stuff like that. And then it culminates it by saying that, you know, it'll bring about hope. And hope, you know, is not to be ashamed of, praise God. We don't dictate the time with hope sometimes. But hope is the thing that we're looking to maintain. Because we understand with hope that God gave us the Holy Ghost. Amen. And it's shed abroad into our lives, you know, um, via the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so now we can learn how to love God. We can learn how to respond to the love of God. Amen. Because yours and my human love, I mean, we can do things, and I know there's lots of good stories out there, but it's not like the love of God. Amen. And that's why in a lot of the areas that you and I are involved in, we need God's love. We need, I mean, and I know that's a, you know, whoa, yeah, duh, tell me something I don't know. Well, yeah, but that's why you and I have to work on it we got to be working on it. Help me, God, to love you better. Help me to understand that every day should be beginning with that. Amen. And so loving God is a huge subject, but it's it's one that we and I need to continue to work on. Another thing, or the second thing I'll mention tonight, is that to be kingdom-minded, we need to keep a servant's heart. And what we have today, in my opinion, and I'm not accusing or, or, or uh, criticizing, I'm just saying we have a lot of volunteerism. And volunteerism is kind of a short-term thing. And we've had, I've, I've seen a lot of it in the church. People come in, they got great talent, they want to help us, they want to do things, and they get involved with it, and I'm glad to do it. I'll take anybody's help if it's up to the Lord. Amen. But, you know, after a while, it seems to fade, and the problem with that, or I should say the challenge is the fact that they, they didn't, in my opinion, they didn't maintain a servant's heart. And that's what I, I try to maintain. I've told you all along, I, there are relationships with God that, 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 are, that are powerful, and one of those relationships is that of a servant. And a servant isn't a volunteer. A servant is, yes, sir, uh, this is what you want. It doesn't mean that we don't at times, you know, question or we don't at times, you know, oh, I wish I could do something else. But the bottom line is with the servant heart, we're going to do it. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to pray even when we don't feel it. We're going to come to church even when, you know, we could have done something else. We're going to pay our tithes. We're going to be involved in giving. We're going to do all of these things because we're God's servant. And that's what a servant does. Amen. 14th chapter, I'll give you a little homework assignment. The 14th chapter of the book of Luke, um, uh, I just want to make sure I'm giving you the right chapter. But the 14th chapter of the book of Luke is an interesting chapter from about, um, oh, um, Oh, of chapter, verses 25 on to the end, that type of thing. It talks about a lot of things, and it talks about the fact that, that, that we got to count the cost in Jesus' name. Praise God. And that's a good chapter for you to read because God wants you to be aware of what it's going to cost you. Remember the cliche that we use? You know, being saved doesn't cost you anything because you couldn't pay it anyway, either could I. But being a Christian is costing me everything. Amen. And that's what you begin to learn yeah, with a servant's heart, praise God. Then the 17th chapter of Luke, um, uh, I'd say probably, oh, probably, you know, the, uh, just read the whole chapter. It refers to this. And, and it makes reference to the fact, you know, after the servants wor- worked all day, he comes in to his boss. And he doesn't say, well, boss, now you cook me a meal. Or now, boss, you do something for me. And it says, no, 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 that's not how it works. Because you and I, we don't get let go as a servant. We're always a servant for the Lord in Jesus' name. And I know that's, that's sometimes a tough pill to swallow. I know that. I have a hard time sometimes. You know, I used to think positions, oh, can't wait for the next one. <laughs> not me. In fact, i got to be careful that I'm not avoiding it too much. But I'll tell you, I'm not looking for some position because I've realized that if it's a position that God wants to give me, it's just going to require me to be more of a servant. And that's okay. That is okay. I want to be that servant. So loving God, having a servant's heart, praise God, are very important when, it, when we talk about being kingdom-minded. The third thing is I'm going to be Faithful. And faithful what? Faithful unto the end. That is a degree of success. Somebody said success can be identified with being faithful with what God has called you to do today. And sometimes we wonder, why isn't God calling me to do something else? Well, we might want to check out what he's already called us to do and how we're doing with that. God doesn't want to overload you. He isn't into double-tasking and all that business. A lot of times he'll say, concentrate on this area of your life and get the true meaning of it. That doesn't mean you're going to become an absolute expert at it. No. That's the world. He just says you'll become familiar with what it means. And that's why when people begin to be uh, involved in a leadership, and, and that's a long time before God will give them a position in that, a lot of times what it is is faithfulness. Be faithful. That's what people look for. That's what a lot of folks are coming into this church and want to see. And not that you and I can't ever make a mistake. It's just the idea that we need to be faithful. And we need to keep on keeping on. Praise God. We don't want to fall into the trap of the devil. And the devil, for some reason, decided he was a little better than all of that stuff. And that's another subject tonight in Jesus' name. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. Many of you will will recognize the scripture. I don't know how far I'm going to go tonight with this, but I'm going to just mention it tonight in Jesus' name. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. And I want to begin reading (coughs) in verse number 3. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse number 3, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. I'm reading King James Version here. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, amen, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Look at somebody there in your living room or wherever you're at and say, Strongholds. Hmm. Yeah. We've had a lot of teaching in these areas in, in, the, in the past and probably have a lot more in the future. But I think we need to recognize some real viable strongholds that are in our lives, and hopefully tonight I can help you with that. The Bible says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Doesn't the 14th chapter of Isaiah sound like that? I am going to do this. I am going to do that. Whoa, that sounds just like that. So you and I have to learn to cast these things down and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Talk about a full-time job. We mentioned this morning about working out your salvation. (laughs) Yeah, here's another aspect of it. You and I got to work on this stuff. It doesn't mean that we become perfect at it. It just means we become more aware that there are tendencies in me, that goat mentality. There are times when I just kind of dig my heel in and I get a little stubborn. And I'm not advocating it. I'm just saying it's there and I have to pray it out. And with God's help, I can do that and so can you. And I can become like Timothy was instructed, useful, Meet for the master's use, M-E-E-T, useful. God can use me. He can sanctify me further. Holiness is not one of these things that I want to strangle people with. Holiness is one of these things that I love God better with. I can love Him better doing this. And I don't have to cop an attitude. And I don't have to walk around this world with a big five-inch chip in my shoulder thinking, I'm doing it, everybody else better do it. No, I'm doing it because I want to. I want to love God better. I want to be closer to Him. I want to do everything He wants me to do because He's my Heavenly Father. He's the one, praise God, that died for my. He's the one that shed his blood for me. I'll never get over that. Praise God. He's my God. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. Praise God. Come on, those of you at home right now, shake yourself a little bit. Stand to your feet and just claim that God is your Savior. Come on. Don't let anything come between that. In the name of Jesus. Oh, my. me Yes! Come on, let that hit us right between the eyes in Jesus' name. My goodness. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. It's been months now. I know it has been months that somebody here in the church came up to me and said, man, do some teaching on strongholds. And man, I've been, I've wanted to. I'm telling you, I've had notes and all kinds of stuff prepared for it, but, man, every time I get up here and I want to do it, God just says, no, go this direction. And so I'm okay with that. But tonight, this part of this, God said, okay, go ahead and do it. Do it. Give it to them. Help them to understand that strongholds are not that complicated. And remember what I told you before at the beginning of this? It's all working together, folks, hopefully. And if you need to go back and listen to this again, go ahead and do it. But I'm telling you something, humility is one of your weapons and my weapons. If we could learn how to be humble and how to, how to just the first move we make, man, is on our knees or, or, or bend it over and just say, God, for just don't let me go down that road now and just be meek, praise God. And, and you know, the compliment that the Old Testament gives to Moses is that. Did you know that? That the Bible says, you know, I mean, Solomon might have been the smartest, but Moses was the most meek. And which one do you think made it? Yeah, that's one to contemplate, isn't it? Now, I'm not the judge. I'm just saying it looks to me like Solomon let his smarts get to his head too. And so you and I, we got to understand that, that our world is jam-packed with, 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 um, with knowledge. And people, man, they're just looking for it all over the place. Praise God. And they want to jam their brains with all kinds of knowledge, which I'm not totally opposed to, but what are we doing? Man, alive, we got to understand that we gotta, we got to learn how to handle these things. And so I believe that, that the... Web, I mean, I know it's plural there. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And I, I'm not here to say that, that the humility is the only weapon, but I think it's a major weapon. I really do, because I think the area that you and I struggle with on a regular basis is not the devil knocking us in the teeth. I think it's with pride. I think that this is what you and I, praise God, are susceptible to sometimes. That we just think we know a little more. We just think that, hey, we got it down a little further than everybody else. And man, when you got that kind of attitude, and if I got that kind of attitude, man, alive, we're just looking for trouble. And so I believe that the Lord can help us to, to deal with this. He can help us to become aware of this. And that doesn't mean you'll never deal with it again. It just means that, that maybe you can be quicker, and not allowed to, to, get, to fall into some of the traps, praise God, that, that, um, you know, that, that's there, praise God, amen. And so you think about these things, and I believe the Lord can give you some, some precious, precious, precious insight in Jesus' name. Look at Ephesians, look at Ephesians chapter number four, and the book of Ephesians is a powerful book, it is, it's not any more powerful than the rest of them, but it just contains a lot. My goodness, it's condensed. It really is. My goodness, every time you know, I, I read through this book, it just amazes me. And some of the other epistles are the same way, and I can understand why. Because this stuff was written during a time when you know, when, when, you know, they couldn't get around, they didn't have the internet like you and I have today, they didn't have the means, and so they had to put stuff in letters, and they had to make sure that they got everything in there that they could. Um, The first three chapters of the book of Ephesians are very important because it teaches us in a lot of ways how to pray and what to pray for. The second chapter of the book of Ephesians, I'm not going there, I'm just giving you a little bit of an overlook, but it talks about, you know, where we came from, you know, and how we were, we were lost. We were dead, in fact, the Bible says, in sin. That's where we were. But God has made us alive. Amen. It reminded me of that when they came out of that water this afternoon. Wow. You talk about alive, folks. That's that's not even close to 440. That's about 80-80 that was coming out of those guys. Amen. And that's powerful. Amen. And that's alive. And so God has made us alive because we were dead. And we must understand that. And He's allowed us to sit in heavenly places to glimpse at things. It's powerful. But here's what I want to show you in the fourth chapter. He gets down to some of the uh, living standards that you and I have, and, and he's making mention of some things. Let me show you something here. The Bible says in verse 22 of the fourth chapter of Ephesians, it says that ye put off concerning the former conversation. It makes that Lee uses that word a lot in the King James Version Bible, and that's talking about a lifestyle, not just talking about one event. Put off concerning the former conversation lifestyle the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust that's you and me and we must recognize that praise god that doesn't mean that we got to beat ourselves over the head and and do something stupid like cut ourselves and and all of that business no it just means that we need to recognize that you know our carnal mind is not our friend and then it says and be renewed doesn't that make sense I hope that's what you've been able to feel in your home tonight, is a renewedness of God. Amen. That's why it's important for us to receive the Holy Ghost and then yield to the Holy Ghost on a regular basis. It says, In the spirit of your mind. And that... After you put off some stuff, then learn to put some stuff on. Look at verse 24. The new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Never forget that. You know, if we'll learn to be like Jesus, we will be holy. We will be sanctified. We will learn how to do things, praise God, and not feel bad because the whole other room is not. Amen. And then it goes on to say in verse 25, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. And then verse 26, I've used this, <laughs> and probably some of you have too. I can get mad. The Bible says I can. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can, and I'm not here to say that that isn't half-truth, but the Bible says that you've got to learn how to be how to get angry and not sin. That's... Quite a, how many's had a little trouble with that one? Yeah, yeah. Well, joined. the I've had trouble with that one club. Amen. And I'm not trying to make light of it as much as I'm trying to expose some things. Amen. I mean, you, another word for anger that's out of control is wrath. You know, and this is what happens sometimes. We can get mad. We can get wrathful. And one of the easy ways to, 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 um, to identify that is do you want to get even? Yeah, well, that's an impossibility too. And so be angry and sin not and let not the the sun go down upon your wrath. Amen. And that word wrath is rage and and exasperation, things like that. And many of us, we experience that from time to time. Come on, it's part of your makeup, part of mine. I'm not giving you permission. I'm just saying recognize it. And because what will happen is if you allow 26 to take place, then 27 is going to come in there. We're going to give the devil place. We're going to give him opportunity to really start influencing us. And he isn't going to possess you most of the time. He, hasn't got the, he doesn't got the, the, the corpse to do that. He doesn't have the people to, to possess us. He just wants to influence us. And giving place to the devil, spaced. You see, there's certain things that when you come to God, God says, mark that space off. And you don't, let, you don't let that come in anymore. Amen. And so this is what it is. A good story, I won't go into it, but a good story in the Old Testament is Jonathan's friend, or not Jonathan, but David's friend, Jonathan, who was probably about 20-some years older than him. But they were good friends. And one of there was a place where Jonathan came where he he could fight, he could fight, and he marked it off the territory that he could he could take this chunk of ground and he could defend it. Well, in in my opinion, that's an analogy for us that God wants you to have an area, praise God, of your life with his help that you can defend, praise God. You're not going to let that kind of stuff come in, in Jesus' name. And one of the ways that we do that is by recognizing it right away, in Jesus' name, praise God. Uh, Sister Chrissy, I'm about done. I've been going now for about 40, almost 45 minutes here, and I'm going to quit here in a a few minutes. Um, and, And I knew I wouldn't get all the way through this, but the bottom line is, I just want to leave you with the idea that God wants us to be successful in His kingdom. And in order for us and you and I to do that, we have to become kingdom-minded. And and as I said before, we become kingdom-minded simply because we learn how to love God more and more and more. Amen. 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 I love him better every day. I love him better every day. How does it go? Close by his side, there I'll abide. I love him better every day. used to sing that chorus years ago, and it's still in there. Praise God. And that's how I feel. I want to stay right close to him. Amen. And loving God and having a servant's heart will keep me there, even when I don't want to. Amen. And then learning that faithfulness. Faithfulness is what, he, what, uh, is what I want. Faithfulness is what I need. Faithfulness is what he'll help me. T- I don't know what are the words I mean, but bottom line is you know what I'm talking about. And so tonight as we begin maybe a series that maybe will be a while on strongholds, let's ask God to help us to recognize probably the biggest stronghold that you and I have to deal with on a daily basis, and that is pride. The next time when God gives me this green light, and I don't know when that will be, it's up to him, I'm going to give you some very distinguishing marks of pride. Amen. Not the obvious ones like the devil. If you want obvious ones, just go to that 14th chapter of Isaiah. My goodness. I, 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 Whoa, that one's pretty obvious. We call it the peacock, you know, thing. And you could all, well, most of you can, and we become peacocks sometimes, don't we? Ooh, look at me, look at how great I am. Well, that's very obvious pride. And most of us, you know, we're going, yeah, I need to get rid of that one. But it's the stuff that isn't quite so obvious sometimes that God wants to bring those distinguishing marks in our life. This has been a great session tonight, folks. God has brought deliverance, and he has brought, you know, healing, into this move of God here tonight, praise God. And I sense that with many of you. Praise God, that the Spirit, the move of God is healing your lives and beginning to give you some good perspectives in Jesus' name. And and having that authority in Jesus' name can go a long way with the Lord in Jesus' name. And so let me just encourage you, continue on, praise God. We got some news this week that maybe things might change a little bit here at the church, where I can't say for sure because our governor has not let the cat out of the bag, if I can put it that way. But we had a meeting this afternoon that 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 we're making some plans to bring the church together again in stages and, and to help people to be safe and and bring you back in here and help you to be involved in collective praise and worship. Praise God. I know you've missed that. Amen. I know you have. And I have too. There's just something about God's people that will come together and just let it all hang out. Praise God. There's just something that, that, that does that. Although, But God has compensated us. And many of you have learned how to do this in your home, and that's good. Come on. That's why I'm saying this thing has been a good thing in the perspective of God. Amen. And so you can learn that stuff. But God's going to take care of us in Jesus' name. And so I'm going to ask the singers to come up if they would, the musicians. And we're going to finish this off tonight with some choruses. Praise God. Hooray chorus. I'm not quite sure exactly what we're going to do. Amen. But I'm going to play whatever is set before me in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. And so the Lord, he can help us in Jesus' name. He can give us strength tonight, and I'm trusting the Lord will do that for you tonight. Amen. 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 Praise God, because he wants us to learn how to give ourselves away. Is that the one that you picked? Amen. I give myself away.
1: I give myself away so you can. Come on, let's sing that tonight. I give myself away. Give myself away. So.
0: Ever give Thank you, Lord you Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, you Jesus. Are worthy, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let us leave you on that note tonight in Jesus' name. That God is worthy of praise. Do it often, praise God. Learn how to insert it in areas of your life, praise God, that need some encouragement in Jesus' name. Until Wednesday night, praise God, and I appreciate. Our good um, uh, assistant pastor, Jerry, who teaches on Wednesday night, does a fantastic job. Um, Brother Jake has a, uh, a youth class that he does that he um, zooms in on, if I can put it that way. And so there's a lot of great things happening. Good children's ministry going on on Wednesday nights. And so plug into this stuff, praise God. Make it a point, praise God, to do these things in Jesus' name. And so we hope to see you soon. The Lord bless you, praise God, again, if there's anything we can be doing for you, please let us know in Jesus' name. God bless you tonight in Jesus' name.